welcome to In Strange Company. I'm your host, Marcus Strange. I believe we're a composite of the people with whom we surround ourselves. On this podcast, I sit down with some of the most interesting humans you could hope to meet and give you the opportunity to surround yourself with some amazing people. My guests and I share insights into creating authentic and purpose-filled lives. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate the company. Hey everyone, welcome back to In Strange Company. I am so excited to have you here today. This is an awesome conversation with my friends Brett and Haley. Brett and Haley are the owners of the Upper Missouri River Guides. They own a river guiding service, guys. And if you've never gone on a float, then this podcast is sure to inspire you to want to make that an item on your bucket list. Brett and Haley and I dive into conservation. We talk about owning a small business. And we just have a generally good time uh, laughing and enjoying each other's company. I hope you will enjoy our conversation. Definitely go check them out. If you guys are planning any kind of trip to Montana, they are well worth the visit. And with that, enjoy my conversation with Brett and Haley. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am super excited to be here with my friends, Brett and Haley. And they're going to tell us a little bit about who they are because they're just badass people. And I'm excited that we finally were able to make it happen. We've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> Haley's doing like some so rock great. band arm pump over here. But I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions. So I don't want you to think about this. Just mm-hmm. whatever comes to your mind right away. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie? Uh, the Sandlot. And Step Brothers. Yes. <laughs> Those are quality. <laughs> i was gonna say and avatar Ooh, avatar is another good one okay the only problem with avatar is they totally ripped off pocahontas i'm sorry no they ripped off fern gully which pocahontas ripped off fern yeah you're right yeah they did yeah okay disney i'll tell you what (laughs) it's one big rip off (laughs) all right brett what's your guilty pleasure Ooh, <laughs> I'm I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guilty pleasure. I'll tell you what mine is. Like, if I'm really like wanting to just like treat myself, I make macaroni and cheese. I turn on a movie, and that's my guilty pleasure. Like, if I just really want to chill out, that's my guilty pleasure. Ah, uh, mine would well talking about food wise. Well, my lady's vegetarian, so guilty pleasure. She's gone. I like cook a big ribeye Ooh, <laughs> and <yeah>. like <laughs> and just it pretty much just eat a ribeye. Nice. <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure. Of Very mine, cool. When sure. she's gone, next time let me know because I right. love a good ribeye. There you yeah, go. I'll can, buy the ribeye. We ribeyes. can we can do it right here in this setting. Yeah, Smoke actually, <laughs> we should talk about the setting in a second. But I want to know. Mine. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Probably the same, like uh, a glass of wine and a movie. Nice. Um, even if it's beautiful outside, but if I'm exhausted, I'm just gonna sit down and watch the sand. Watch lot. the sandlot. <laughs> 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 All right. If you were to flip open your phone right now, what's the most played song? Like, what's what's the song in your in your rotation that gets played the most? Right now. Yeah, like right now. It changes for me. Mm-hmm. If you ask me that a year ago would be completely different than what it is right now 
Ooh, I don't have any music on my phone. Okay. What's your, what's <laughs> we, your go-to? We finally just got the internet at our house because oh, okay. we're up in the mountains here like two weeks ago. So we've actually been like unplugged for several years. Okay. Nice. Um, which has actually been a blessing and a curse. <laughs> but I have Owning been turning. the business we do. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. How about this? I've been turning on Pandora the big gigantic radio. I gotta write that down. The big gigantic radio. It's a little bit of incense for you. Cool. But it's it's motivating music. That and NPR. I guess NPR is probably the most listened thing. <laughs> I'm gonna Not be a I'm gonna be a butt rocker and rock out to some quiet riot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting. Like for me, if you'd asked me a year ago, I was way into like folk, like mm-hmm. 70s folk music. And now it's a little bit more like uh, like club music, like listen to more like hip hop. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just weird. I go in cycles. So you'll like the big gigantic. Okay, cool. I'll dig it. Well, I think it'd be really cool for you guys to introduce yourselves to the listeners. Tell them who you are. Uh, but first, I just kind of want to describe where we are. We're literally in the middle of this valley up in the mountains and we're surrounded on all sides by just incredible national forest it is so beautiful up here and you guys get to live up here all year round Mm -hmm. that that's pretty cool so and uh, i think that goes into your story so why don't you guys introduce yourselves and then talk about what you do for a living and yeah whichever one of you wants to go first sure well my name is Haley miller kind of a long story but i'm originally from livingston montana paradise valley and went to school in Chicago, lived in the Virgin Islands for a little while, and then found myself back in Montana with an economics degree. But now I am guiding on the river because I met Brett Berglund. Um, we've lived in Helena for four or five years now. And um, as Marcus was describing, we built our house. And um, I am also a yoga instructor and I love gardening and pretty much like to spend every moment outside that I can, besides when I'm watching movies, of course. (laughs) Everybody needs a break. (laughs) Brett, what about you? Well, uh, my name is Brett Berglund. I'm from Montana as well. I'm up from Northwest Montana, uh, Kalispell originally, and just grew up floating rivers and enjoying the outdoors with my family and bounced around Montana going to school. and uh, met my lovely lady <laughs> Haley in Bozeman, thankfully, uh, a number of years ago. And uh, yeah, we moved up here to Helena and moved up for some work. And uh, and uh, you know, I've been guiding canoe trips for I don't know. This is 18 years now on the Missouri River, and that's kind of what we're talking about: is wild places and what we do. And uh, got Haley into it, and uh, we ended up getting getting the business, and uh, and just really enjoying Helena here and our space up here. Yeah, this is an incredible oh. space. Yeah. So, real quick, I want to backtrack because I think this is interesting. Talk about um, when you started guiding, because I've talked to Glenn. And okay. he, he's a funny dude. Yeah, and, and <laughs> he, he is. He is a character. I asked him one time what his first impression of you was, and it, it was it was pretty funny. He, I don't remember exactly. It was something about that young kid and this and that. So, but I'd love I'd love to hear from your side. Like, what was that like guiding at so, such a young age? So, you know, as most uh, 
young males are (laughs) they can be a little bit of a pain in the you know what (laughs) from time to time and uh you know uh glenn monahan is the founder of the business uh upper missouri river guides that we own now and uh my dad you know i was being a hellion at 14 and my dad called glenn up and said Give my boy a job on the river <laughs> and need him out here. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you know, single father thing going on. Um, so uh, he sent me over to Fort Benton, and I, you know, met Glenn at the airport. He picked me up, and I spent the whole summer at Fort Benton. Uh, age of fourteen, I started guiding canoe trips. I don't think I was really guiding; I was helping, essentially. But uh, yeah, age fourteen, just started started getting started being on the river a lot and uh being in the breaks and being in the national monument and uh really gained a great appreciation and a love for that area um but it's just such a was such a positive thing for me to to get out there and be outside all summer and i would come home and my friends are like oh what have you been up to and i was like well i've been on the river all summer you know making a making good money and they'd be like really wow you know that's way better than our summer (laughs) hanging around town and doing this and that that's cool um what was your i remember my first time at the breaks because the first time at the breaks for me i was 29 Mm -hmm. so that that wasn't that long ago and i remember it pretty clearly what at 14 when you see something like that what do you think like well the first the first time i actually floated the brakes one was was when i was 12 oh, okay and that was with glenn um as well during uh before he actually started the business hmm. um and uh just seeing the wildness and uh just being uh in s- in such a beautiful place in montana that I feel is underutilized and underappreciated by a lot of Montanans. Mm-hmm. I would um, agree. Because most of them just look at Northwest Montana and the mountains. And if you're out in out in the plains by any means, it's not as beautiful. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is it is striking out there. Yes. Um. So. Cool. Yeah. It's. It is a place that will take your breath away and it leaves an impact on you that just blows your mind. Like I, I remember when they said, yeah, like we're going to go out to the breaks. I was like, oh, cool. Like we're going to go out and walk around in the grass for a week. And I came back and that was that was a very pivotal point in my life. And it completely changed my life like that. That trip to the breaks changed my life. And then when I met Haley and she said that you guys had this business and I started working for MWF, I was like, well, I'm going to mooch a, a ride off of these guys <laughs> and we're going to go as often as possible. And you can come anytime, anytime. It is always a good time <laughs> on the river with you guys. So I want to pause in your story real quick. So that was kind of like how you met Glenn, found out about the business, whatnot. And you, sorry, real quick, maybe you should fill in. So you guided from that point till yeah, 14 so, until how so old So I you? guided uh, for 13. <sighs> Huh? 13 years 13 years straight wow um every summer um and it was nice my dad's a builder as well in the flathead so i was able to just fill in work uh in between guide times and i did other odd jobs and whatnot 
Um, but just always went back to the river and that was my priority was to, to be on the river and, uh, guiding for 13 years. And then, uh, and then, uh, was finishing up school. Uh, I have a civil engineering degree, which I'm not using anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uses their degree. No, let's but, be honest. uh, but it was a good, it was a good, uh, good thing going to school and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. And, uh, so we'll pause there and then Haley during this whole time, like you're going to the Virgin islands and traveling a lot. Like what was that like? Um, well I moved to Chicago and spent five years there earning an economics degree. And, but that was enough city time for this <laughs> mountain girl. And then decided to move to the Virgin islands for an adventure and truly found myself back in the outdoor community, um, guiding just day trips, um, through a, nature preserve uh kayaking and just really fell in love with the just being outside all the time and um, met a lot of really amazing outdoor people there it's a bit different environment um being saltwater and tropical and all but um yeah that was a great adventure but again three years was enough and so moved back and a couple months after i moved back to montana i met brett and that summer he took me just for fun on one of his last trips, or so he thought, guiding on the Missouri. It was actually with the Montana Audubon Society, so it was, oh, a, cool. re- it was a really special trip, um, really eye-opening for me. Now, I'm, I'm not a birder by any means, but I want to be. Um, because you hold your own. Because they, I know what an eagle is, yeah. <laughs> uh, pelican, you know. Um, but they really inspired me, and it was just amazing to see Brett on the river, and we had a great time. Um, be you know, obviously being outside together, and um, but we he, Brett sort of closed the chapter in that book, or so he thought. I can testify; it is amazing to see Brett on the river. <laughs> he is it's an like animal. He is an animal on the <laughs> river. <laughs> he is a force. He is a force. Yeah. Uh, so, what made you guys buy the business? Like, what inspired that? Glenn. Yeah, Glenn had a, well, Glenn had been asking for years, like, you better buy this business, Brett. You're, you're going <laughs> to buy this business. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to be a professional engineer. I'm going to do this. You know, you know, I've, I've had my time on the river, on the, on the, on the mo. And, uh, and then I got talking with Haley and I was like, and I'm still working as an engineer full time and uh, was just like, Glenn's going to sell a business. If we want to buy the business, this could be something for you to run. I will help like get us, get you started and go on trips and everything. And uh, so we we're like, oh, let's just, let's do it. You know? Nice. <laughs> and that's uh, awesome. So we, so we bought the business and then, uh, you know, kind of funny to say is, you know, about six months later, I ended up getting laid off of my engineering <laughs> job <laughs> and, uh, and then went back to, you know, doing construction work, which I had done forever. And then, uh, and now we're just running the business full time. Mainly Haley is, is doing that. And, uh, we both just kind of double team trips and, uh, She's on the river quite a bit, and uh, I'm on a lot still. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, it was an adventure that I think we felt we 
should go on as well as it was way too hard to pass up. Glenn is an extremely good family friend and a wonderful guy and thinks of Brett as his son. And so even we bought the business and even still for six months, he pretty much let me shadow him. Um, we went to Thailand and he still, still ran the business for us, even wow. though we had purchased it. And then he let us um, skate by for two years before he purchased the property that the business is on in Fort Button. So, and we, we still trade back and forth um, business favors and whatnot. So it, it really was something that there was no way we could really pass up. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you guys go online and you are looking for the Upper Missouri River guides, you'll see that the corporate world headquarters are actually in Fort Benton. And then you guys shuttle people out to the breaks. Mm -hmm. So don't be confused when you look them up online. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like taking that, that leap away from, I mean, you were working for the, the city of mm -hmm. Helena, right? Mm -hmm. And then you had an engineering job and then all of a sudden now you guys own your own business. What was that transition like? I like to say we were given lemons and we made vodka lemonade. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> it was pretty natural. Brett, I don't know if you have noticed, but he's pretty, um, he can pretty much do anything he puts mm -hmm. his mind to. And uh, I do have to credit Helena for being an amazing community. We've met a lot of people through his engineering job as well as me working for the downtown association. I just feel like we ha built an amazing community and Helena is just small enough that w that community was really easy to find and build. Um, and so it was sort of a leap of faith, but we also had Glenn. I mean, it wasn't just buying something and then, or starting something from scratch. It was easy, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, Almost but it was pretty, easy. S pretty seamless transaction because Glenn, Glenn had been out of the picture for, uh, you know, quite a while when, when I was working for him a lot. Um, just the back end stuff. Yeah, he would he would book the trips and then we would do all the work, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds he, like a good he job. Just, <laughs> he just like gave us a credit card and was like, "All right, you got people coming on this date. Here's their phone number. <laughs> go go do your thing." And it was uh. it was awesome, you know, the freedom. So it was it was a pretty uh, pretty easy exchange because I knew the ins and outs of what needed we what needed to happen and how to run a trip and the menu and which we've changed a lot and we've done some really fun things now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just been, uh, it's been just an awesome, uh, exchange and just the freedom that you have for running your own business and you're outside and mm -hmm. enjoying being outside and just, just like we are right now. Um, there's a purpose that comes along with it too. I mean, it's not that I don't fight for well places, but now I absolutely have something to fight for, um, business wise and just because it's an incredible place. And so I think that also has motivated a lot of, um, a lot more involvement yeah. in wild places and what we, what we value. And I pay attention more to things that I didn't before because you take them for granted. Um, now that our business relies on that, especially what we went through last year. Um, and so, yeah, it has transitioned not only our income, but also I think our lives as well, um, right. more so. Yeah. So logistically, just so the listeners have a, 
like a clear picture. You guys have a outfitting license. No. Okay. So explain how the, all that works and explain what what land you guys use, mm-hmm. so to speak, so that they understand the context here. So in Montana, if you want to fish or hunt, you have to have an outfitter's license. However, they are limited. Um, so we don't do any fishing or hunting. We just are recreation, I suppose you could call it. And so we have a commercial permit because the national monuments are operated by the Bureau of Land Management. And so the BLM has issued us a commercial license. So it, you know, we have to mind our P's and Q's and make sure that we follow by their rules. But really it's, um, we are sort of, I guess, indebted to the, the public, right? Cause it's public land. Right. Um, and the BLM manages it. However, it's ultimately the taxpayers that, um, we share our profits with and you know, all of yeah. that. But, um, and there is quite a bit of private property in the monument because if when something is designated a monument that whatever's there remains, um, and then no further development. So there's a lot of private property, which is fine. And it's nice to see people still in operation, um, on the river, but it, it, it is interesting trying to work with a government agency and I can um, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the, what do those challenges look like? I mean, you don't have to throw anybody under mm-hmm. the bus, but just like, what are some of those challenges you guys face? It's mainly funding. Mm. They don't, it, it's no one's fault in the office, but they have no funding and now subsequently no staff. And mm. so they have built porta potties on the river and fences and they can't maintain them. And the fences are to keep cattle out so that you're not <laughs> dealing with cow pies where you're trying to camp and, and whatnot, um, among other things. But unfortunately I think it's just a budget. It's a budget issue. Yeah, absolutely. And that we're, you're seeing that all across public lands is mm-hmm. that there's a real budget deficit. And so things like you want to have porta potties out on the river so that people aren't having to, you know, dig toilets mm-hmm. or not dig toilets. And, right. and that ruins, not only does that ruin the experience for other people, but it does ruin the riparian area that mm-hmm. you're visiting. So yeah, budgets are a serious problem. Um, I just totally lost <laughs> my train of thought. I think communication <laughs> is also a big one because okay. there's, there's Thank camp. Thank you for saving me. There's no problem. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, there's camp posts when people launch. Okay. And even this year, uh, they were unaware of some of the issues facing the river. Mainly the toilets were literally full because they flooded and got filled. And so just to warn people, uh, please bring appropriate measures so that you're not digging holes. Because it's an area where there are toilets and so people don't bring anything. Um, And so just that also I think is a a huge challenge to make sure that people who are going on the river are aware of of the issue of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Especially after a huge flood year we had this year. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a flood. It was just, well... If you're Montana listeners, you know February was our cold month. So bad. So cold. And uh, so we just experienced huge ice jams on the river. And uh, the ice jams just destroyed some of some of the camps, essentially, and, uh, and, and flooded out other ones and flooded the pit toilets. And... Uh, no one no one even knew about that we were uh, uh, we were the first uh you know outfitters on the river that actually talked to the blm about this stuff yeah and uh they didn't even really know 
what was going on out there and it was just like well you guys need to get out there and do something um so we're we're hoping they're they've they've worked on it since then that was a few weeks ago and uh so we're hopeful yes. not <laughs> holding anybody's <laughs> breath though You're right yeah well i mean and this is a whole big tangent that we could spend hours mm-hmm. talking about but i was just talking to someone that told me that there's a ranger district here in montana where they don't have a forester on staff and the the force that they manage this ranger district is huge and that's not that's not anybody's fault there other than that they just don't have the funding mm-hmm. to hire a forester to manage the forest that's exactly what happened this year. The ranger who had been in Fort Benton for oh, quite a while left was, for another job. Who was awesome. He was an advocate. And Very awesome. It just didn't fill the space. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, number one, there isn't anyone licensed and trained to run their boats. So they can't even run their motorboats down the river. Yeah, they run some <laughs> jet boats down the river to check on things. and So, um, so what, do you think, what do you think the solution is? What can people like you or I do to help with this? Cause obviously the funding, there's nothing we can do about the funding. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a max amount of money that's out there and it gets divvied up, but what, what can we do? I mean, what do you guys do to try to help when, when there's these challenges? Well, this has sort of come up thi- Well, I mean the past couple of years, but this year it's, it's um, huge. And so I think the best thing is would be to pick one project and try to get people to team up on one project mm-hmm. so there's a wonderful camp that that is very popular on the lower stretch of the river and it just got completely taken the fences down no fire rings which is also really dangerous people will build fires anywhere mm-hmm. and also there's only two camps but it's very popular so now that it's completely flattened <laughs> so to speak there's potential really to add another five camps mm. um and so it would be really fun. I don't know. I'm starting to investigate, but it would be interesting to get all sorts of different interested parties together and just put up a fence and bring some firings in. And the, it, the property is already there. It's not a new camp. It's nothing new. It's just, um, I think it just takes some, you know, people picking a project and saying, if the ice takes it out every year, well, we're going to fix it every year because yeah. that's what matters. Yeah. So I think I think the thing you hit on is getting a diverse group of all the interested parties because there's people that care about these places. Um, And that was that was actually when I think you and I became better friends was Mm -hmm. when the breaks monument was being considered to be taken out of monument status. We really depended um, at work on a lot of different people who had a lot of different interests, whether it was hunters or people that fish or just river folks or whoever it was to all come together and say, no, this is a place we care about. Mm-hmm. What would that have done for you guys if that was no longer a monument? If people hadn't come together and banded together to fix that, would what would that look like for your business? I have no idea. I mean, what happens with, I guess, would it the land be sold? So it would go, what it would have happened with that is it would have gone back to just being regular BLM. So there could have been mm-hmm. oil and gas extraction. Right. There could have been mining. They could have sold more grazing permits. I mean, all kinds of different things. And we've, we've seen that across the country that as different um, protections have been removed from places, mm-hmm. 
that they're then able to go and say, well, let's lease this because ultimately at least it needs to be making some kind of money. And so they, you know, they justify leasing it for different things. So uh, I think, I think that would definitely affect, you know, cause there is some, there is some gas possibilities mm-hmm. in the breaks and it's like, who wants to be floating down a wilderness um, river and then see a, a gas rig there, you know, yeah. or a drill rig or something. And, and that would, that would definitely affect our business, um, in the negative very much. So, and it, it just, I, I think there's, there's plenty of other places that are suitable for that sort of extraction of natural resources mm. that we don't need to be infringing on these beautiful wild places and this co- beautiful corridor that's was created with this national monument. Um, so we just need to keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's if people, a lot of people who come on our trips are there for the river, but they're there for the Lewis and Clark history. Mm-hmm. And if you are to say, well, this doesn't, this history, which is probably one of the most important in our countries, is not important enough to maintain the status of a monument, that's setting a crazy standard for what's important. Yeah. And um, so I think that also affects the way people think about, you know, going to these places. If if it's not a monument anymore and it's not protected, then it maybe it isn't as special as they thought. And so who knows what would happen with... Um, you know, customers. Although last year we did have a record year. That's phenomenal. Ironically, because of the news coverage. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm not going to thank Zinke, but he may have been the reason that we had a record a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think both of you hit the nail on the head. It's important. There's, there's plenty pieces of the pie to go around that, we don't need to be dipping into ones that are so unique and so special and that hold that kind of history. I mean, you guys take people up to teepee rings that have been there since the 1800s. Mm-hmm. I mean, the potential to lose something like that, to lose that connection to our history is, mm-hmm. is not worth it. There's other, like you said, there's other places w- where we can go and there's other options. So mm-hmm. keep the brakes wild and free. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, on a, on a positive note, it was kept wild and free. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we continue to have a national monument here hoorah. in Montana, which is, yes, <laughs> hoorah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, that's been, that's been really cool. It's been really cool to see how excited mm-hmm. people are to have that still. I wanted to ask you guys, um, what's it like planning a trip? Cause you guys, you guys plan some serious trips. Well, I have to tell you that we have the best job in the world because we also prep all of the food and cook most of the food ahead of time and freeze it or, you know, whatever we're making. And we, Brett built us a beautiful kitchen. And so it is really beautiful. Sorry to interrupt, but it is incredible. It's a wonderful space. (laughs) Yeah. And we have a lot of room. And so on days when we think it's necessary or we have nothing else to do, we'll go to Costco and then cook for the afternoon with a bottle of wine. And it's really fun. And it's, what we like to do anyway is cook and we don't have a TV. We just got internet. And so that's what we do anyway. I love it. That's so cool. Um, and it's so much fun preparing food for people. And I love on a trip when I said that's from my garden or that is from a friend of mine or we forage for that. And, um, 
and makes it really special. Or Brett, you know, shot the deer and made venison summer sausage. And um, that's probably the best part of planning for a trip. It's, it's really fun. Mm. But the nuts and bolts. The nuts and bolts. Yeah, give me like a, a 10,000 foot view because I think mm-hmm. sometimes people, like I've done this, I've booked a trip somewhere and I just show up and it's awesome but I don't ever see like mm-hmm. what goes into the back okay. end. Well, so we start in April cooking like Haley was saying and planning out, you know, we got a pretty good idea of on our trips by April or so. So we're doing our cooking here at home and then, uh, you know, come close to the trip. It's like, all right, go to the grocery store. We have our big, huge checklist um, and our menu, depending on the length of trip and what meals we're cooking. And then we, you know, go to the grocery store, we're shopping, uh, which is super fun because you know you're gonna have a great time here coming up. Um, so you're you're shopping, getting quantities down, and then uh, and then you, we head over to Fort Benton. We usually do our shopping here in Helena unless we're, we're over in Fort Benton. Uh, and then, uh, and then really getting ready for the trip. It's, uh, you know, just a lot of logistics, making sure everything is right and making sure you have every meal because <laughs> <laughs> it would be a real big bummer if you left like, you know, half your food, half <laughs> your food or your, your main protein out of a meal. Have you ever done that? Have you ever forgotten something really important? The, the one, there's only been one time that, uh, I think, well, it was, it was back when Glenn owned the business we were doing, um, let's see here. We had, we were doing a chicken stir fry and then we had some other chicken meal. I don't remember exactly what it was that we were doing. And, uh, we had left half the chicken. So we had to cut all the chicken breasts in half and then save them for the other meal. Like the next couple well, like two nights later. (laughs) And that was, but it was like, it was totally fine because we always have ample food um but uh that was that was a big that was a big one and then we've had other little mishaps where you're like but it's something (laughs) up you know always (laughs) but as far as gear um i think a big thing that people don't realize is you have to bring your own water you can filter but it's not recommended um you totally can but there is a lot of agricultural runoff um in addition to silt and whatnot but um so you have to, you know, water for people. We do, we do everything from, te- we don't do sleeping bags and pillows, but we do thermarests, chairs, tents, tables, a big cook stove, a backup stove. We love to do d- Dutch oven. So I have that whole setup. Making um, fun stuff in there. You do and a mean Dutch oven. Oh, it's so fun. And then you'll have to come on a trip listeners to see <laughs> what we make. Yeah. I, so Brett, Brett has a new favorite too. Ooh. Dessert. Yeah. Nice. You haven't even had this one, Marcus. Uh-uh. Uh, the one I had, I will never forget. It was incredible. Yeah. What? The dessert one? I had, it was, you made pumpkin, not pumpkin pie, apple pie or something like that. I'm trying to remember what uh, it was. I don't remember. I remember oh, it was like amazing. Apple, it was amazing. Oh, a cobbler. cobbler. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. It was apple cobbler. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, we've got some fun ones that I've got dialed in. You got dialed now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really cool. It's it's really neat to see the people that come on your trips when you say, oh, yeah, like we made this, we made that. Mm-hmm. It's It's cool because it makes it more, there's more of a connection. Mm-hmm. It's not just we went to, you know, 
the the local grocery store and we bought these pre-made meals or we're eating mountain house the whole way it's i grew this we cooked Mm -hmm. this like it's cool and it's pretty unique that brett is a hunter and meat eater and Mm. i am a fish eating vegetarian that doesn't do a ton of dairy and so i think we have everyone covered you know if you if you go on a trip and you have food preferences or allergies or you know things that don't agree with you and you are worried that in six days the food's going to start to affect you or you don't want to be a pain or whatever. We just like to reassure people that, Hey, whatever you got going on or whatever your preferences are, we, that is pretty much the life we live already. Um, me being the more complicated one. (laughs) So, um, I think that's also been really nice for people just to know more healthy anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I was going (laughs) to say. The, the, (laughs) I'm not eating ribeyes every night. (laughs) Not like Lewis and Clark, nine pounds of meat every night per person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that was, I showed up for the first trip because I've done two trips with you guys now. The first trip I showed up for, I showed up fully expecting it to be like Mountain House Mm -hmm. type meals. And I remember just getting off the trip after three or four days and just feeling really good physically. Not feeling sick, not feeling gross, not feeling like I needed to go like on a diet. I just felt good. And that makes a big difference for your guests it when does. they get off the trip and they just feel mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, we just want to offer that's like we do everything homemade, everything. Like mm-hmm. we do a pasta meal that's all our garden tomatoes and pretty much everything out of our garden. And then, uh, you know, like you said, we forage for things. We forage for morel mushrooms. We do some fun yeah. things with those. Huckleberries. We do some really fun things with huckleberries um, and uh, and raspberries out of the garden, which is all sorts of stuff. We're, we're t- you never know what you might find. <laughs> you want to go just <laughs> like, because <laughs> we're changing it all the time. It's super fun. Or it's someone, like, cool. someone it's donates. Like, ooh, it's like, ooh, let's do this. Let's this try time. <laughs> <laughs> which that's what really makes it fun for us. And that's mm-hmm. what keeps us so enthused at what we do. And that's what we love to do is we love to, take people into a beautiful place and feed them really good food Mm. and uh, take them on some awesome hikes and just show them a good time, have a glass of whiskey with them if they, if they like that. And, uh, and if they don't, which I do do it anyway, (laughs) we'll have our own. (laughs) What, um, Oh, going back to the food thing. There's Mm -hmm. something too about sitting around the fire eating a homemade meal. Mm -hmm. There's you just can't. Everything tastes better outside. That's that's good for us because then it helps us out (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you guys have a a trip or an occurrence on a trip that really sticks out to you as memorable? Besides the echo. Besides the echo. (laughs) We Um, found an awesome echo last year, which was pretty cool. It was giggly. Yeah. I took, uh, so quite a number of years, it was probably almost 10 years ago, took um, Theodore Roosevelt II. No way. Down the river with a slew of lawyers from uh, D.C. and one judge. So it was ten, ten lawyers and one judge. Wow! <laughs> and they all practiced together. <laughs> and it was the the conversations that were that ensued were quite entertaining. I was younger at the time as, and, uh, but that, that was, that was pretty special to take, That's take cool. someone like that down the river. Um, 
and uh yeah that was that was really cool that's very cool yeah Haley, do you have one that sticks out to you um you know we have every year for the past four years the first year we didn't own the business so the past three years of us owning the business we've had our very first trip has been a school group from salt lake mm. and they are th- from the roland hall ski academy so um it's definitely a higher end school um and we look forward to the trip every year and it has grown from 12 students to this year was 28 students um two separate trips and apparently it is the and again it's a higher end school and they do multiple trips a year and they go to costa rica spain all over the world wow. but apparently the canoe trip is the school's favorite and i think that that i there's so many special moments on all the trips but i think that is really amazing these these very privileged high school students who can go anywhere they think that getting dirty on the river and canoeing is the highlight and they've encouraged everyone to do it and it's it has doubled in size um and the teachers that they bring are just phenomenal phenomenal teachers and it's it's just really neat to see that and i think um it would be nice to have a couple more of those every year um just because again they're privileged and they can do in anything but they just think that it is the most amazing time and it's, so it's i think fun, it, it's fun with those kids that's cool it's it's super fun cuz they're like they're they're looking at you for guidance mm-hmm. like me and haley and uh and uh it's really cool to show them show them what we do and our part of the world um because they're able to go wherever they want to essentially you know not necessarily but um but they have options and they choose to come up come up and see you know the wild and scenic that's pretty cool and uh and the biggest element that we've gathered from it is that they are given an immense amount of um, autonomy and responsibility mm. and so yeah they're on their own canoe you know two of them in a canoe and the teachers are really good about saying you can do that but just think about how it affects the group and it's just it's an overwhelming learning experience and we don't talk anything about the history I mean we do a little <laughs> bit but they um, that one of the teachers said you know they, d- they don't really want to learn too much about like his- a history lesson on the trip it's kind of like doing math at the beach oh gotcha and I understand that so we give them you know they, they tidbits when they're they, interested they like but the geology and the things like that absolutely and know? wildlife but it, it's also just really fun to see them set up their t- a tent by themselves on my trip this year i had two students who had never been camping and one who had never been on a hike before wow and uh so that was it was just really amazing now they're setting up their own tent and helping each other without us and then you do a dutch oven demonstration and there's a crowd around and you let them tap the coals and um so I think that has been a really an amazing part of each of our s- of s- each summer and that's it will continue cool. to be. So that's cool. it's a great way to kick off the season. Cause that's always our first trip of the year nice. is with them. And the weather so is usually awesome. inclement. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we might have had a couple days of uh, cold weather, Misery. but then it just, it was beautiful the last two days. So it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. And I think one of the things that I love about coming on the river is it kind of just strips away all the the garbage of everyday life and you get to really think about 
and and it really kind of reveals to you what is really important to you and what is really important in life mm-hmm. I, I mean anytime you get out in nature i think you get an element of that but because of where the breaks are and and the river corridor mm-hmm. you know cell service you're like i mean you're out there and mm-hmm. it's it's truly wild and and that's a really cool experience and I learned something about myself every time I go out there. So I, I just imagine for those kids what a transformative experience that's been. Absolutely. Actually, this year, some students from two years ago are coming back on their own. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. very cool. They're not going on the river, but they are, they're road tripping to Fort Benton because they had such a great time. That's cool. Yeah. They just graduated. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh. So switching gears a little bit, you guys obviously own your own business. What's the hardest thing about owning your own business? There's a level of uncertainty, I suppose, and you have to be responsible. So we could go do anything we want every day. There's no time we have to be at work besides when we have a trip. And so you have to dedicate yourself to getting things done. When it's beautiful outside and you can go for a bike ride, it's like, no, I have to sit at my computer and do some things um and it's easy to do the bare minimum Mm. really easy so there's a a level of dedication that you have to keep committing to um to improve but i think there's also just a challenge with healthcare and um not having the cushion that a corporate job would have or something like that although brett had a cushy job and lost it so you know it's there's two sides to every story um Yeah, it's but like I think that's just master of your own destiny yep. or, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but just or being responsible to yourself is, but it's, that's the fun part. You know, it's like, I'm excited to take on this challenge. I wasn't given it by any, t- by anyone yeah. other than myself. Well, that kind of leads into what's the best part about it. What do you guys love? I mean, you've been doing it now for three years and I'm guessing you don't want to change. So what's keeping you in the, the self-employed life? Freedom. Mm-hmm freedom to do you know what you want when you want you know but there's definitely certain times where like Kaylee was just saying that you got to crank down and get some get some stuff done yeah when it's beautiful out but then on the flip side you're able to uh, escape and do a lot of fun things um travel in the winter time because you know, we're not we're not guiding canoe trips in <laughs> December, <laughs> especially or Feb- January, or especially <laughs> February <laughs> this year. <laughs> um, Holy cow, no. So uh, so, you know, we're able to take a chunk of the winter off and go skiing and get outside, um, go traveling, um, you know, because our summers are 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 on the river, essentially. Um, for the most part. So it's, it's nice to, to go south of the equator or somewhere tropical, um, in the wintertime to get, to get a little bit of me time in the sun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's a huge draw for both, you know, for us. Um, you guys travel a lot in the off season. Try to. We do. Do you guys have a favorite place you've been to? The Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we were fortunate enough to, uh, so, you know, what do river guides do in their off time? They go on the river, <laughs> of course. Because you guys can actually enjoy it for yourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. And we had someone outfit our trip, so we showed up and it was all there. Yeah, like all the food was there and stuff, but we, we self-guided ourselves down the Grand Canyon with a, with a crew from Helena here. It was amazing 21-day float. Um, I would highly recommend it to anyone who's listening. Do not 
pass up a Grand Canyon trip. Never. Quit <laughs> your job. Just make it happen. Sell your children. It is just, and if you're going to pass it, it up, call us. Most we'll take it. No, yeah, call yeah, me yeah, for exactly. yeah. You guys have been once. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a very special place. That's um, cool. And then, uh, yeah, we just like to travel elsewhere. We were in Asia this winter a little bit. And uh, traveling around to islands and going surfing and um, what do you what have you guys taken away from those travels? Like, what's the lesson from all those experiences? The world's a lot bigger than Montana. The world's a lot bigger than your little scope. Be um, humble. Be humble. Be humble, because mm. there's a lot of people that live with a lot less mm. that that we saw, especially this last winter. It's It'll open your eyes. <laughs> but there's also amazing people and amazing places and wonderful food out there. And I think the biggest eye-opener is these days it really is easy. I mean, it seems daunting to go to a completely different country. But thankfully, a lot of people speak English. And it is a lot easier than you think. And there's so many resources, blogs, so much out there. And so you just got to buy the plane ticket. You just got to do it. <laughs> And I think that's the biggest thing is it seems daunting, but really, you know, there's internet everywhere and there's people speak English and it will, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I just want to make a plug and I'm going to let you guys make a plug that if you guys want to see the breaks in a way that will change your lives, give Brett and Haley a call or shoot them an email. Um, They do an incredible job. It's truly a once in a lifetime experience. And um, my time in the breaks has changed my life. I don't know if everyone will do, if it'll do that for everyone, but it has for me. I mean, what would you guys say to people that are thinking about coming and taking a trip with you? I would say you should highly consider it for, you know, just the fact that it is an extremely remote wild place. So you will indefinitely feel like you are out there, but it's also very accessible to everyone. I mean, it's a flat water river and we run very high end canoes and we do all the work. So, you can relax with your family, you know, book with your family so that you don't have to do any logistical planning. Um, and I think it, that's probably my favorite part is that from Brett has taken a two year old down the river and a 90 year old. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really, anybody can do it. Yeah. And if yeah. you're interested in history or geology or just being outside, it's a wonderfully accessible river. Yeah. And you guys have a wealth of knowledge on, everything in the river and i i know you two are pretty humble about that but i i have had conversations with the people that we've gone on trips with and they look at me like how do they know everything <laughs> it's like they just <laughs> do they're magic i don't know what i don't know what to tell you so yeah if you guys want to know about history or you want to know about nature or you want to know about the geology or the river i mean these guys know it all so they're they're good they're not know-it-alls but they <laughs> know it all so we learn a lot and we'll people. and we'll and we'll tell you if we don't know it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like no i actually don't know that one <laughs> <laughs> like it's like let's let's figure that out let's hash it out yeah. and that's the beauty of it mm-hmm. it's and that's the beauty of being out there is let's talk about it there's no google monster that you can check let's talk about this let's yeah. figure this out you know and uh enjoy mm-hmm. uh enjoy being out here that's 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 my biggest draw is just being out and checking away from technology it's pretty phenomenal it's it's a beautiful thing and it seems like it's less and less and less um these days yep so 
You guys on social media? Can people find you on social media? Absolutely. Facebook, Instagram. Where do they, what's the handle? Upper Missouri River Guides. Kay. For both. For both. <laughs> and then what's your website? It's UpperMissouri.com. That's a great URL. That's I know. Amazing Glenn that got that a that. long <laughs> time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. UpperMissouri.com. And yeah. I will link to their Facebook, their Instagram, mm-hmm. and the website in the show notes. So just go to the show notes and you guys can see what they're all about. Um, guys, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you. you feeding me. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> I can course. eat bread and Haley cooking <laughs> is a win. Oh, it's awesome to have you up at our house and yeah. uh, oh, it's a beautiful show you home. this. And yeah. So I end, I've, I've gotten the habit of ending with one final question for everybody. And um, I've got a whole list, but one of the ones that I really love hearing from people on is the one I'm going to ask you tonight. And you're welcome to respond however you want. It can be about something we talked about or something that just comes to mind. But what is one thing that everybody listening should do right now? Go outside. <laughs> um get into a wild place I think probably and we like to say the more days the better Um, on our trips we have three everywhere from three to seven days and I think everyone would agree that who's done it that seven days is the ultimate I mean three days you barely get in the groove and on day five you settle in and it's it's truly magical Um, so the longer the better if you can swing it yeah that's awesome. What about you, Brett? Yeah, if you're along the same lines, just getting outside, but even just looking at the hill that out that's outside your door, even if there's not a hill, go for a hike, get outside, go take a walk, go enjoy Mother Nature, feel the wind on your face. Just go love Mother Nature because it's what's embracing us all the time. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. See ya.